A couple of weeks ago, I made mention of a connection between the current crisis engulfing our happy planet and the idolatry we saw in the Vatican Gardens and in St. Peter's Basilica at the Pan-Amazon Synod, but I couldn't find the article at the time. I've since located the news articles I need to give you a timeline of our present crisis that few are willing to talk about, so brace yourselves for a strange story that many will say proves I'm a fringy person who should be shunned to the darkest recesses of the internet. For this story, we go to the biggest promoters of alternative hypotheses of secretive plans that often involve tinfoil fedoras. NBC News. Headline. Slightly sanitized version of their headline. Report says cell phone data suggests October shutdown at Ground Zero facility, but experts are skeptical. U.S. and U.K. intel agencies are reviewing the private report, but intel analysts examined and couldn't confirm a similar theory previously. So experts are skeptical, like the ones at the politically compromised Planetary Wellness Organization, shall we say. All right, then. Check this out from the article. Quote, A private analysis of cell phone location data purports to show that a high-security Ground Zero science facility studying afflictions shut down in October, three sources briefed on the matter told NBC News. U.S. spy agencies are reviewing the document, but intelligence analysts examined and couldn't confirm a similar theory previously, two senior officials said. The report, obtained by the London-based NBC News Verification Unit, says there was no cell phone activity in a high-security portion of the Ground Zero Institute for Affliction Studies from October 7th through October 24th, 2019, and that there may have been a quote-unquote hazardous event sometime between October 6th, and October 11th. It offers no direct evidence of a shutdown or any proof for the theory that the, that the thing emerged accidentally from the facility. And mostly, quote. Now that's an interesting timetable of events, isn't it? If you're not making the connection I'm, I'm sort of hinting at yet, let's go back to something that I reported on with some skepticism at first and later did a follow-up on to that I admitted that I was probably wrong to be skeptical of the original report in the first place. And that would be the most recent message from Sister Agnes of the famous apparition of Our Lady of Akita, quoting the initial report of that, quote, On Sunday, October 6th, at 3.30 a.m. in Akita, the same angel appeared before me, Sister Sasagawa, as from 30 years ago. The angel first told me, Sister Asagawa, something private. The good thing to convey every, to everyone is, cover and ashes, and please pray the penitential rosary every day. You become like a child, and every day, please give sacrifice. End quote. Do you see that date? October 6th. I mean, look, this is getting kind of spooky. But I called this the Pacamama Affliction Connection, not the Pacamama Akita Connection, right? So let's have a look at what was going on with every traditionalist Catholic commentator's favorite demonic South American idol. Let's hop into our Wayback Machine to October 19th, 2019, during the height of the Pan-Amazon Synod, where we have this report from the ever-fringy Catholic News Service. Headline. Analysis. Why Pacamama Took a Dip. This piece is written by J.D. Flynn, who in all seriousness is about as mainstream and level-headed of a Catholic journalist as you're probably going to find. And he, as far as I can tell, tries to not use his job as a journalist as a mask to become some kind of propagandist. Many mainstream media figures could take a lesson from him, by the way. But from his report on October 19th of 2019... He asked a priest at the Synod about a procession that took place on October 7th of 2019, right into St. Peter's Basilica, where the bones of St. Peter are housed. Quote, 
The priest was asked about a ceremony held in St. Peter's Basilica, October 7th, which seemed to use both traditional Christian symbols and unexplained symbols of indigenous Amazon culture. It is definitely the case that there is a noticeable sentiment against the synod on the part of a certain media here. Someone wrote that it was a pagan rite, Father Suess responded. So what? the priest asked. Even if that had been a pagan rite, what took place was still a worship service. A rite always has something to do with worship. Paganism cannot be dismissed as nothing. What is pagan? In our big cities, we are no less pagan than in the jungle. That's something to think about, he said. End quote. That remarkable line illustrates the thinking that is prevalent in the church today, that all is relative, and that even if something is pagan, it is no less valid because it is a worship service, implying heavily that the priest believes that despite their worship of a false god, they, meaning the the indigenous peoples that were brought there, are really truly offering worship to the one true god. This priest needs to go back and read St. Paul's various letters, where he unequivocally calls this kind of worship devil worship. All the gods of the Gentiles are devils. But let's review our dates now. NBC News reports that the can't-be-named science facility in Ground Zero City likely had some kind of accident somewhere between October 6th and 11th, with no cell phone data or traffic coming from the facility from that time. In the wee hours of October 6th, Sister Agnes of Akita gets a new warning from heaven for us to all put on sackcloth and ashes. In October 7th, Following the enthronement ceremony for the Paca demon in the Vatican Garden on October 4th, we see the idols of that pagan god processed into St. Peter's Basilica and placed over the bones of St. Peter in an obvious enthronement ceremony that tries, <laughs> in the most charitable way that I can think of to describe this, it tries to fuse the one true faith with the worship of pagan idols in the name of enculturation, which at this point can only be understood as taking PC logic and trying to apply it to the faith, to make the Catholic faith more PC and amenable to the world. Does anyone think this is a coincidence? I remember by Thanksgiving hearing the first whispers out of the Middle Kingdom of something bad having gone down there, that their experts were scrambling to address a major crisis unfolding in the Ground Zero City. By Christmas, some of the media outlets were starting to pick up on the story and were downplaying it like the good foreign assets that they were. Catholic prophecy has long since warned of this coming to pass, and I'm not talking about messages from people dismissed by the church as frauds, either. We're talking the real deal, approved by the church as worthy of belief. Though, as always the case with the private evolution, it must be noted that belief in these messages is not required for salvation, although I do think it's prudent to take them seriously. Public re revelation ended with the death of the last apostle, St. John. But there is a continuity of these messages worth noting. And part of this continuity is, a, is of a continuous warning that Rome will lose the faith and return to ancient paganism. Most famously, the warning of Our Lady of La Salette gives us the most stark and well-known of these warnings. Quote, Rome will lose the faith and become the seat of Antichrist, yet the heathen Rome will disappear. See, here is the beast with its subjects that claims to be the savior of the world. Proudly it rises in the air to go straight to heaven, but it will be strangled by the archangel Michael and cast down. And the earth, which for the past three days was in continuous convulsions, opens her fiery jaws and swallows him with all his cohorts forever into its hellish abyss. Eventually will water and fire cleanse the earth, and the works of human pride will be destroyed, and all will be renewed. Then we'll all serve God and glorify him. End quote. And there's a lot in that, in that message from La Salette, including what might be a reference to the three days of darkness. But for our purposes, we just need to focus on this part. 
Rome losing the faith is but one step in this process. And no, I'm not saying that Francis is the Antichrist, so dispel that accusation before you level it. But what we saw in Rome in October was not an exercise of the Catholic faith in the slightest, but a corruption of it that demonstrates what we already knew anyway, that many of the prelates who occupy offices in the institutional church don't have the real Catholic faith, but some parody of it. This is the nature of modernism, which, as Pope St. Pius X told us, is the synthesis of all heresies. Paganizing the Catholic faith is absolutely a heresy. In St. Paul's letter to Timothy, we get this warning, quote, Men shall be lovers of themselves, haughty and proud. They shall be disobedient to parents and lovers of pleasure more than of God. End quote. No big deal, except that he goes on to describe the hierarchy of the church, the bishops and cardinals and the rest, with these words, quote, They have an appearance of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Now these avoid, for these are the sort that creep into houses and lead, ca lead captive silly women laden with sins, who are led away with diverse desires, ever learning and never attaining to the knowledge of the truth. St. Paul warns us of the so-called leaders of the faith having abandoned the faith to their own pride and the love of the world, led away by the various offerings of the world, and even the feminizing of the clergy. Not that in women become priestesses, but in the negative traits of the fairer sex being seen among the priests and bishops. And we have all seen that ourselves. Reports far too numerous to count of our clergy abandoning basic masculinity in favor of other traits less becoming of men. It's all part and parcel of the crisis we're seeing now, and these men have led us down a dark road. So I'll ask this again for not the first time since October. Have you put on sackcloth and ashes, metaphorically speaking? Have you taken on extra suffering? Have you at least made a basic attempt to stop sinning? Since October 6, most of us have lost access to the Eucharist, the sign and center of the Catholic faith, and a great many Catholics have lost all access to all sacraments. Have you united your suffering in these times to our Lord in an act of reparation for the sins of those who hold leadership offices in the church? Why not? The clock may be ticking, and tomorrow I'll have a story for you on what the secular maniacs are doing that just might be building up the infrastructure that the man of sin needs to really take control. After all, the man of sin can't just come into the world, snap his fingers, and enslave everyone. He'll need to use long-established infrastructure and willing dupes to do his demonic work. So tomorrow, I'll have a follow-up to the antics and scheming of our billionaire tech CEO and philanthropist work that is far more sinister than most people realize. Until then, thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.